0: Well, this morning is a very unique morning. It's a special morning. Uh, not only is it special for moms and that it's Mother's Day, uh, but this morning we have the privilege of hearing from a dear friend, Dinesh Chand. Now, Dinesh and his wife, Rachel Chand, they began Forefront Mission. It's a, it's a missions organization that reaches primarily North India, though they're also reaching in Pakistan and Nepal. And uh, I, I want to read to you a little bit of Dinesh's story, um, a little bit of his bio that you can find on Forefront Mission, uh, Forefront's uh, website. Um, now, I've asked Dinesh to speak. He's going to speak in a few minutes. He says nothing about himself or about <laughs> Forefront Mission. Um, and so I, I was communicating uh, with him this week, and I'm like, Dinesh, I, I, want, I wanted you to speak more on, on Forefront a little bit, and uh, he's just such a humble man. Uh, but listen to some of his story. Dinesh was born and brought up in an Orthodox Hindu family in North India. His home state was referred to as the abode of idols in India and is the least evangelized state. With 0.1% Christians, you you can meet only one Christian for every 1,000 residents. So right from Dinesh's childhood, he was seeking after truth, and he found no answers. And after turning from a Hindu to an atheist to an agnostic, he became very frustrated and gave up. When he was 22 years old, he heard of the name Jesus for the first time when he met an American tourist in a restaurant. Within two years, he met her uh, in, in three unusual encounters, each time she shared about Jesus. And on her third visit to India, Dinesh knew that the Lord was knocking on the door of his heart and he experienced Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. Now, after completing his studies, the Lord called him into full time ministry. He began to serve in the local church in New Delhi. He was mentored and went on to Bible college in Singapore. He then served as a youth pastor for two years before he was ordained as a pastor of a church in New Delhi. And he served for eight years with this church, and it was there that he met his wife Rachel while she was visiting India. Now, after they were married in 1997, God reminded Dinesh of his people group in the mountains and of the lost in his home state. And then in 1998, Dinesh and Rachel started full-time ministry in North India. And what's weird about Dinesh's bio on his website is it mentions nothing about his, his meeting me. So we met around 1997 and uh, it was before he was married because, uh, well, I threw him his bachelor party. It was wild and crazy. No, it was very calm. We had a great time. Uh, we barbecued, but we, I've known Dinesh for 23 years, over 23 years, um, and so before Forefront was even launched and, and, and began to happen, I met him and, and just, I saw his character and his heart for the gospel, he and Rachel both, and it's been a privilege to be able to partner with them as a church. We've been very selective in who we connect with so that we can be effective in how we connect and how we support. And as soon as local church uh, began, I just couldn't think of anyone more that I'd want to come alongside and support and learn from uh, than Forefront Mission and, and what they're doing. Listen to what's happening through Forefront Mission. Church planting. In the last 20 years, Forefront has planted more than 400 strong churches throughout the remote areas of North India. Did you hear that? 400 churches. That's exciting. That's amazing. Does that give you a little bit of vision for church planting here? But also it should give you vision for how God is using us to help plant churches in places we'll never, we'll never go. More than 200,000 people have been reached and about 100,000 people worship Jesus weekly. Hindus whose lives filled with rituals and who have feared demonic spirits and gods for generations are now being set free after experiencing true freedom through a relationship with Jesus. In addition to church planning, they're, uh, they're reaching um, uh, areas that they're beginning churches. They're, they're, they're doing children's ministry, medical camps, women, women conferences, sewing centers, water wells, literacy centers, um, on and on. B- Bible college, uh, wor- building worship halls. Every time I talk to Dinesh, I'm just like, how? <laughs> how is this happening? I just want to know. And, and he's just so humble about this. And what it is, is God has surrounded him with a team uh, of people there on the ground in India, and they've had such a passion to equip the people of India to be on mission, and they're continuing to do that faithfully. And I'm just so thankful for Dinesh and Rachel. This morning, he's going to be speaking on the life of Moses out of Exodus, and I want to read the passage, and then in a moment, we're going to go to Dinesh, and he will uh, uh, he'll, he'll speak out of this passage. In Exodus chapter three, if you would open your Bibles to Exodus chapter three, um, I'm gonna read this and then we'll, we'll move uh, to Dinesh. Exodus chapter three, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock uh, to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at to, uh, God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I am concerned for their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey And and Moses is probably in the back of his mind saying, awesome, this is outstanding. God is going to deliver the children of Israel from slavery to the Egyptians. But listen to what God says. Verse 9, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you. Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am. He is the ever-present God. That's what his name means. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, Now, look with me in chapter 4, verse 18. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. So the journey begins. Moses encounters God in the wilderness after 40 days of being in the wilderness, forty years of being in the wilderness. He encounters God. He gets a call on his life. And then he finally wrestles with that and goes to his father-in-law and says, all right, let's do this. I'm ready. I want to go. And that's what Dinesh will be talking about now. Enjoy this, and I'll be back um, uh, to to wrap things up.
1: Thank you so much for having me this morning. I uh, sure appreciate all of you and uh, all your support and prayer for all these years. I, I really thank you for standing with us in this mission, so what the Lord is doing in India. And we do pray for you guys. and. Uh, and uh, pray the Lord will continue to bless you all for everything that you're doing uh, for the for the global mission. So thank you so much again, Pastor Darren. I, I sure appreciate you very much. Um, before I share what the Lord has put in my heart, I'd like us to just uh, take a little time and let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness and your Lordship, Lord. Thank you, God, for this morning. Uh, uh, just uh, pray, God, that you will anoint all of us uh, as we as we learn through your word, through, the, through your spirit of God, that you will convict, you will speak to all of us. You will really bring your uh, word alive to us and allow us, Lord, how we can be uh, faithful to what you're speaking to us, Lord. Allow us or help us, Lord, how we can continue to walk in your will and desire. Thank you for each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, uh, title to this message that I I have given is uh, Let My People Go. It's very, uh, I'm sure many of you understand, many of you have heard, read it many times. It's it's a life of Moses, you know, when Moses was uh, uh, in book of Exodus, he he, multiple times, he used that line, let my people go. And uh, now uh, there was lots of of, uh, passion in those lines, there's lots of request in those lines. There's lots of pain in those lines. There's a determination. There's a longingness to do something that God has called uh, Moses to do in regard to the people of Israel, you know. And uh, but now I wonder how does it relate uh, with our lives even today? What's happening? As you all know, that we are going through a very very tough season or you can say in a very tough scene of our lives, uh, scene of the world. But let's dive a little deeper here also uh, from the life of Moses, uh, how many types of scene and season that he went through. And perhaps we can relate uh, from, from that uh, what the Lord, uh, Lord has, uh, how he Lord had, how God has strengthened uh, Moses and, 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 and he, he can strengthen us as well. Well, in the first scene that we see, when Moses was born, born in a Hebrew family, but then he finally ended up in a in a royalty, and he was raised in a royal family. He had everything, all kind of comforts. He had uh, um, servants and slaves, uh, 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 luxury. I mean, you name it, he had it. And in the midst of it, I'm. I would assume that he also had some sort of a connection, as you know, that his mother is the one who was coming and helping him raise, as a maid. Uh, In in, in the midst of it, uh, he was also, was in touch with lots of people from, 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 uh, you can say, from Hebrews, you know. But as he was having this connection with the people, I believe uh, some kind of a burden began to to dwell up in his heart for the people of Israel and as the burden got heavier and heavier and, and there was some compassion was building up in his heart and uh, from that compassion as he was uh, one day he was on the street and he saw two people fighting what did he do he actually tried to bring some justice to them and in in the course of it he he, he acted very, uh, in, a, in a very fleshly manner. You know, he forgot the, where the scripture said our, our, our fight, or our, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principality. But somehow he stepped into, out of the burden, out of the compassion that he had, and he ended up killing one of the Egyptian soldiers. Now after that, that's scene number one. Now we enter in a scene number Two, what happened because his heart was filled with fear. Now, when his heart got filled with the fear, he, he decided to run away because he knew the consequences would not be in his favor. So as he left from there, as he ran away from there, he went to a place of solitary, in a wilderness. And I think that's where I want to focus. He went to the wilderness, and that's where he began to spend his time by himself. If we even have to relate, even if you have to relate with today's situation, I would say even that he actually, he got locked down in 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 a place where he was away from all comfort, away from all the people around him. He had to maintain the distance just to survive. You know and i think that's a, that's really a key here that many times when we go away from all the circumstances and situations uh, uh, there's something new begin to happen and that's what really happened here as moses in the beginning moses was hearing the pain of the hebrews while he was in israel but now he was feeling the pain in the wilderness and while he was in the wilderness he began to to really develop this relationship, develop this conversation, develop this uh, sort of a, uh, a, a really bond with God. And uh, while he was in lockdown, and I think that's what we are. We are many of us are in a similar situation. You know, we are in the midst of lockdown now. We have a choice that we can complain about it. We have a choice that we can actually go against and be negative about it. Or we can say, you know what, whatsoever it is, I think uh, this is a time that we I need to go and sit at God's, sit at the Lord's feet. You see, and that's what really Moses did. Though there are not a lot of scriptures talks about it, but I'm pretty sure that's what really happened. And that's what... That's where his relationship with God began to develop deeper and deeper and deeper when he was in his wilderness. While he was in his wilderness, that's where he learned to surrender himself in God's hand. I want us to know there are so many people, even even in the midst of wilderness, when there is no hope. I mean, we have been working in India and there's lots of uh, sort of a, a shortage of food and lots of situations that I'm, uh, I'm finding it out and I'm hearing it out. But in the midst of it, we, can do not, we cannot do much, but we can only point them to Jesus. We can only say, let's sit at his feet. Because it's only Him that can give us the comfort. Only Him that can allow us to grow from our situation to the hope, to the actual uh, the destination, the destiny that He has for us. We have so many pastors that are working with us. I want to give you a story and a testimony of one of the brothers, one of the pastors who is actually uh, quite actively involved, involved in our ministries. Now, he got saved from a Hindu background and not only Hindu background, but from a priesthood background. He had all kind of comfort in his life. He was was trained, he, he he was being trained to be a priest of a temple. His grandfather was a priest, his father was a priest, and he was getting trained to be a priest. And his younger brother was getting trained to be a priest. While he was in the midst of it, while he was trying to find God in the solitary that he was supposed to be, Jesus visited him. And in fact, when Jesus visited him, instead of him finding out some truth in those uh, idols that has no truth in it, actually somebody, gave, 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 somebody gave, the, gave him the Bible and he began to read those words. And as you read those words, suddenly his eyes got open. And realize that what he's been, what he's, what the kind of training that he's he was he's going through, that's really not the true really. training. So, so what he did is actually he went against his parents. So then, in those uh, uh, in the Bible, in the back of there was the address of a Bible school. So he called the Bible school and he said i want to go through this training i don't want to be a priest but i want to i want to know about jesus and then he ended up in a bible school and from the bible school when he got trained and then he came and joined and started working with our ministry you see so see when he was in a, in 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 a, in a search of god when he couldn't find any any direction in the midst of every in the midst of uh, midst of everything that was going against it, and perhaps thought that was for him, that's where God showed Himself to him. And the same thing happened here with Moses. Moses was actually running away, but he was running away, but he was running to a running to have an encounter with God. You see, he, he just didn't have a, uh, he didn't just suddenly had this burning bush experience in one night. You know, it was a series of, of graduation. It was a series of, 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 sitting at, 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 at God's, just staring at the, at the, at the, at the sky and having those deep conversation with God and, I and asking and, and asking God, where are you? And God, little by little. Showed himself, and finally, he had that burning bush encounter or burning bush. You can say burning bush, uh, uh, experience. You see, from a from a Moses went from a palace to a lockdown situation. From a lockdown, he went to his he he went to sort of a lockdown, led him to a kneel down, and from a kneel down, he ended up settling down with the purpose that God had for him. My dear brother and sister, I want you to know that many of us, perhaps in a similar situation, because we are, well, many of us are stuck in a very first scene. We just go after the comfort of life. You see, we never can find, and I'm sure many of you have a compassion. I'm sure many of you have a burden for the kingdom, for your neighbor, for your friend, for your relatives. But somehow we didn't, We never graduate from that first scene to the second scene. You see, and the second scene, in other words, when you lock down, this is the time, even though there is a, the whole world is locked down, actually this is the time that, that you and I can sit at Jesus' feet with a total surrender. As we surrender ourselves, I'm confident in my heart that as we surrender ourselves, God will allow us to have that burning bush experience he will actually come with his glory he will come with his presence he will come with his awesomeness he will come with his total strength peace and direction and a beauty that is missing but this is a time this is a time to take it as an opportunity this lockdown is an opportunity for us to sit at his feet just like Moses did it. What he did, he went in a solitary place. He went into the wilderness and he was inquiring. He was sitting at God's feet, looking and asking for an answer. And suddenly one day, what happened? He had an experience of burning bush. And when he had an experience of burning bush, let me tell you, let me take you to the next one. Now we come to the scene three. And he said that, uh, he said with this, uh, he really said this with complete confidence. And I want to read that in the book of Exodus chapter 4 and verse 18. There he said, So Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go and return to my people who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to him, Go in peace. You see, when he had, (coughs) when Moses had, uh, 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 when Moses had the, 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 the burning bush experience, his heart was filled with a great joy, with a great beauty, with a great strength, with a great direction. And right after that, What did he say? Let me go. I think this is really an important point here. Before he was able to say, let my people go, he said, let me go. In other words, he needed to deliver. He needed needed a deliverance from himself. He needed to be liberated within his own heart. He needs to, in other words, he recognized, he realized that if there is a biggest, biggest, there isn't any hindrance, is that him? And that's why he said, let me go. You see, many times I tell you, if, if, if I have to calculate, if I have to really think about it, many times our biggest hindrance is not anybody else. It's not our family It's not our job. It's not our business. It's not the money. It's not the circumstance. It's nothing except us, except ourselves. You see, we can be in our own prison. And I think that's what God was, was developing. That's what God was graduating Moses from one scene to another scene. And one day he was able to say, let me go. I think you and I, can say that with this confidence today, and God is calling us. Can we say, Lord, let me go. Let me go first. And, you know, as he stepped out, and you can see in Exodus, Moses was able to say, let me go. In other words, he was able to deliver. He was able to have this self-deliverance from himself. And that's really, really powerful. There are so many of our pastors today. I mean, the background that they come from, many of these leaders have no idea. And and they have come from a very, very broken background. And some of them have this high dream. But when they get saved, they actually put their dreams aside. And they say, you know what? I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow him. And not only follow, but I want to bring this gospel to the to the places where the gospel has never gone. There's one pastor, you know, one one man that has been working with us for quite some time. And uh, uh, just about a year ago, he had an accident. And while he had an accident, actually a truck went over his leg and uh, he lost his foot. And after he, he went through a surgery, but then he couldn't recover, There was he didn't have any one foot. But you know what? I asked him one day this question, how are you going to go and share the gospel? How are you going to go and minister to the people who still need? And you know what he said? He says, my foot may have gone, but I'm still alive inside to follow him and to make him known to others. What a wonderful, we have so many, we have actually two of the pastors who are blind and completely they cannot see, but they are pastoring their churches they're allowing, they're helping others to see Christ, you see. So that's what's really happening in, in that part of the world. We are seeing again and again in the midst of everything that is adversary, in the midst of everything that is uh, 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 that is opposite to it. But God is doing, little by little. We have we, the, Today the Lord has allowed us to, 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 to bring the gospel to the very areas where uh, perhaps uh, I would uh, never go. And perhaps it would be hard for me to really go. I mean, just recently, uh, for about a oh, little over a year ago, we started ministry, we started a work among Banjaras. Banjaras are sort of a un, un, uh, untouchable, you know. And these people, nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to talk to them. But when I went, we, we had an opportunity to spend time with them, it literally touched them. And there are so many of them. Now today we have over seven churches and there are about almost, almost 7,000 people are, uh, got saved from that group and today they are, they are just going further beyond that I can go within their own people group and teaching and reaching those people, those people who, who perhaps I would not really be able to go there. But how is it possible? Because God is the one who is allowing them to have this experience. God is the one who is actually taking them from this experience, uh, from a passion to the, to, the, to the complete lockdown, from the complete lockdown to this burning bush experience. Now, they're not looking for a burning bush because the burning bush is in their heart now. And with that, that desire, with that passion, they're going they're going deeper and further and they're going in all directions and bringing the gospel gospel bringing this kingdom message to those lost people who never had a chance never had a chance in the past but God is doing amazing amazing work with the recently with the what, the, what the, uh, as you know, with COVID-19, as you know, this pandemic that has really shaken the whole world, particularly India. You know, there is about, uh, to, today, the population of India is over 1.3 billion. And out of 1.3 billion, there are 40, 40 million people really struggling to have some food on their plate. Every single day, there's, we are hearing story after stories. You know, there was a one, one uh, thank God that and many of you have uh, participated and helped us to, to really, uh, uh, um, you know, to, to, to really how we can bring this, this food and this help to these people who never, who don't have food. And uh, we have story after story. There is one lady, uh, you know, she was a, a, a completely uh, just a house wo- worker and had uh, three families, three members to feed. And when this lockdown happened, everything stopped, and she couldn't find any job, she couldn't find any work. But in the midst of it, you know, they were actually planning. Can you imagine? They were because they didn't have any food, so they were planning to commit suicide. And in the midst of it one of our team members found out and we immediately went there and brought the package of food and they thanked God. There's story after story. There are so many stories that I can share with you and how God is touching them at this time and how God is bringing this message, uh, message of hope You know, because we are not there just to bring food, but we also share the gospel with them. You know, we are also bringing the hope and the peace in their homes. It's not just some some kind of a satisfaction, some kind of a, uh, you know, little food that we, the, the package of food that we give them and they feel good about it. But actually along with that, they also feel good that there is a word of God that is alive even today in this 21st century. And we thank God now here we see in this story where Moses actually then Moses when he says, let me go and now after when he was received that revelation from the burning bush that he was able to release himself for the work of the lord for the purpose of the lord that actually he went in front of the pharaoh in other words he faced the death He stood in front of the Pharaoh, and what did he say? Let my people go. You see, I tell you one thing, my dear brother and sister. You see, it starts from you, where you are. You may, your your, your passion, your compassion, your burden, might be very little in the beginning. But as you nurture, as you nurture and graduate from there, and you go to the next level. We call it lockdown. Or we call it wilderness. Or we call it a solitary. Or you can call spending time at Jesus' feet. As you spend time at Jesus' feet, He is going to fill your heart. He is going to fill you with His presence. You see, when you are in a total surrender, when you are sitting at His feet, when you are, uh, you, you are spending time with God, that little burden, that little spark that you might have in your heart, it might be very little. You might think like, oh, what can I do? I have nothing. But I tell you something with this little spark that can turn into a fire. And if the fire is not something that you have flamed, but it is being flamed by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you now, because you are spending time at His feet. And as we spend time as as His feet, I tell you that God would fill our hearts with the, with the direction, with the actual purpose. He is going to hand over the blueprint that you, you and I have been, and many of us have been waiting for a long, long, long time. As Moses, you can see Moses from one scene to another scene to another scene. You know, how is it possible just before he went to the wilderness that he was afraid of even to, to enter in the palace after killing the soldier. But now he goes back at the very pa- palace, at the very person, and he stands in front of in front of the Pharaoh and he says, Let my people go. I tell you, this is the cry of the hour. This is the cry of the time. This is what God is saying. This is what the, our people, there are so many people out there who are living in a bondages, who are living in a complete hopelessness, who are living without any direction. And this is a time, and this is a message, even though there is a lockdown, even though, even though there is a situation that is not favorable, even though it looks very dangerous. But I tell you something, because... Because of the burning bush that you don't have to look out, but it is right there inside you because of the desire that you have, because you follow him, because you love him, because you're sitting at his feet. Nothing, no virus can come near you. Why? Because you are in his hand, because you are sitting at his feet, because you are being led not by this world, but you're being led by God. And God is the one who is leading you. And I tell you, first thing is that he may, you may, he may have to release you you from yourself first. And then after that, you'll be able to stand for your community. You'll be able to stand for your family. You'll be able to stand for everybody. And you can say, let my people go. You see, you know, as you know the story, that Moses led millions of people out of, out of bondages to the promised land. There are millions of people. There are so many thousands of people, even today, they're waiting for you and I. If we stand, if we stand for the purpose that God has called us at his feet in a complete surrender, I believe that we will have, we will all have the burning bush experience. We will all see God face to face. And when we see God face to face, it will be so easier for us. To move to the next level. Nothing will be impossible. We can step. We can move forward. With a great strength. And with a great direction. Not something that comes within our own self. But it comes from above. It comes from Him. Because He is the one who is the giver of the strength. He is the one who gives us the hope. He is the one who gives us the direction. My dear brother and sister. I want to end here. Just to invite you, just to encourage you, what scene we are at? Where are we? Are we fearful because what's happening around us? Are we still sitting at the very first scene, chasing after our dreams, chasing those uh, dreams that we have? Or the comfort, the luxury, the desires of our heart? Or are we willing to say, Lord, no, I'm willing to sit at your feet. I'm willing to surrender myself. I'm willing to sit at your presence and hear you out, hear your heart. I believe as you sit at his feet, as you as you take this opportunity and say, this this lockdown is not to be complained about, but this is to actually give ourself into his hand. God will fill your heart with the greater joy that you ever had. God will fill your heart with the direction that you've been looking for. God will fill your heart with the peace that we never had. God will fill fill our heart with anointing, with the joy, with everything that we need in this 21st century, in the midst of everything that is going against. God is there. Thank you so much. Let me just pray. Lord, I just ask your blessing, God, that you will continue to speak to us, continue to guide us and direct us, Lord, for your purpose and your purpose alone. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you, Dinesh, uh, for sharing that. Um, Church, this this was a message about surrender. This is a message about sitting at Jesus' feet. This is a message about listening and waiting, about obeying. You know, before Moses could be used of God to liberate his people, God first worked liberation in Moses. Before Moses would have the courage to step out and say, Let my people go, Moses had to surrender one of the biggest hindrances in his way himself. So could this time of quarantine be used to instill new habits of surrender? Do we dare ask God to expose any hindrances to the calling that he's placed on our lives? Let's ask him. Expose any hindrance. Lord, I want to surrender. I want to be used of you. Work in my heart. He undoubtedly had to work in Moses before Moses could get to that place of being used of him. But he did it. And he did it when Moses was out in the wilderness. Dinesh, thank you for sharing that message with us. This story of Moses, which becomes this really illustration of how God faithfully worked in a man and works and can work in us as well as we surrender our lives. Well, church, what we want to do now is take a moment and pray. Uh, pray in response to this, but also pray for Forefront Mission. So let's do that. Father, we thank you that we can come to you Lord, in light of what we've just heard about Moses' life, Lord, we can come to you with this posture of surrender, and we do that. Lord, we surrender to you. Lord, help us to move forward with this posture of surrender. It can feel scary, especially for those, uh, Lord, who are just really coming to know you and see you for who you are. But Father, we thank you that as we surrender our lives to you, you're faithful to meet us in that place. You're faithful to expose hindrances that get in the way, whether it's fear or stubbornness or or anxieties or indifference. Lord, just expose those hindrances and you use us. You shape us. God, we want to be used. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in us for your namesake and glory. Help us to use this time of of quarantine, this extended time of maybe for many solitude, to trust you that you're at work exposing hindrances and shaping us for your glory. And Father, we pray for Forefront Mission, that you continue to multiply their efforts, that you continue to use them mightily for your namesake and glory, that you'd give them wisdom in this time, Lord, thank you that they're feeding those who who don't have food. Thank you that we can get behind that effort during this COVID-19 season. Lord, we pray your blessing on that, and that that would open doors, we pray, for the gospel of Jesus, the good news of who you are in Christ, that that would open a way for people to see you and to experience your love. We trust you in all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, it's, it's really been a joy to gather to, together this, uh, this morning, uh, looking forward uh, to next week where we'll continue in, the series, uh, in our series in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, but until then, please connect with the Digital House Group, come on out to our digital prayer gathering, and, and look for those updates um, via social media on the way forward. God bless you.